2: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For
1: the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform.
3: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, your host of let Rider your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network, have a really, really great Monday morning conversation coming up for you here today. We'll get into that in a second, but there's news. And no, it's not really news pertaining to the Pittsburgh Steelers by proxy. Yes, this is news. Why? It involves us. At the Steel Curtain Network, I've been teasing this and saying, like, hey, like, there's some stuff coming. Here's the biggest part. The biggest part is that the Fans First Sports Network website has officially launched. It is launched by going to ffsn.app. A-P-P. That's it. Ffsn.app will take you to the homepage. You'll see this really clean landing page. That page will eventually have written content there, but right now it just kind of says, like, hey, for the fans, by the fans, etc. Now, once that website went live, I knew that there was going to be an opportunity to start contributing content for Fans First Sports Network covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I was we were fortunate enough that the CEO of the company said, hey, Jeff, why don't you see if your team wants to come over? Let's bolster the Steelers page. Well, guess what? Everyone basically has decided to come over. I think there's only one person that said they wanted to stay with Behind the Steel Curtain. That's fine. They had the option. And so Starting this Saturday, I wrote the article, a letter from the editor yesterday, Sunday, and I kind of outlined everything. This upcoming Saturday, the 15th, will be the first day we are going to have some live, some content on the Steel Curtain Network website. If you're wanting to know how do I get there, go to steelcurtainnetwork.com. That'll get you there. Uh, But you can go right now to Fans First Sports Network website. Again, ffsn.app and... Click on the NFL feed. You can already see. Go to, Just go to the top tab. Click on NFL. It'll take you to the NFL page. You'll see some articles I already wrote. I ranked the AFC and NFC divisions, talked about teams not traveling for training camp, all that good stuff. Go and check it out. And then if you go to the Steel Curtain Network, you will see all of our written content. I'm really excited for this. But I do have to add this before we get to the Monday morning conversation. I'm sure I'll have questions on Wednesday's mailbag segment about this, but still, The ride or die crew shirt is ready. It is ready. If you want a chance to say, to to buy your ride or die crew shirt on the front, it says hashtag ride or die crew. It's got the, the number, the letters that have the, the vertical, the, you know, I guess it looks like Steelers. You know what I'm talking about on the back? It says, what be safe be kind and God bless. So if you want those shirts go to my Twitter feed at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I I will pin that at the very top so you can order your very own Ride or Die Crew t-shirt. I'm excited. I'm excited for y'all to experience this. Uh, We've been talking about it for a long time. We finally got it done. So go check it out. All right, today's Monday Morning Conversation is one of our very own, but it's Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider, also contributes to the Steel Curtain Network podcast. And I got him. He's on hiatus. He's kind of vacationing, but I said, Jim, I need to talk to you about the difference between last year and this year. It's a great conversation, and I'm here to check it out right after this break. We'll be right back with that Monday Morning Conversation.
2: 18 plus
3: all right Steeler fans it is monday which means it's time for the monday morning conversation i'm having one of my favorite guests back on the show that is Jim Wexel of the Steel City Insider. You can hear him on the Steel Curtain Network. Uh, he'll be coming back here in a couple weeks as they get ready for training camp every Wednesday at noon. Jim, how's
2: it going? It's going great. It's going yeah. great. Thanks for putting up with my little break from uh, the Wednesday <laughs> at noon. I know we were gathering steam, and uh, people seem to like it. And uh, oh, I, love it. I, 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 I mean, nothing's going on. Plus, I'm on a little vacation to Connecticut right now, so yeah, I get it. How's your yeah. summer been? well this is my vacation you know my summer is almost <laughs> over because it, it july 26th is the end of my summer that's yeah that's not right
3: work. well and i i the, you, there was a prominent stealer who just had a birthday and i was really hoping that you were going to say that you've inked a deal to write a jack lambert uh book and and maybe break that news on the show i guess that hasn't happened <laughs> yet <laughs>
2: <laughs> well it's funny. I, I just remembered a dream last night of I was standing at a bar and I don't drink, but I was standing at a bar laughing at someone because they turned 70. And the guy next to me says, I just turned 70 and I look, and it's Bill Cower. <laughs> I said, All right, your birthday was today. Maybe I was thinking of Lambert. Maybe. There you go. But I see he goes, he goes, laugh. I go, what's it like being that old? Because I'm I'm 62. <laughs> so that's my next. <laughs> <laughs> what's it like being that old? And he's like, It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> there you go. Maybe, hey, maybe you need to do a coward book next. You never know. Uh, all well, right. Well, I got enough book ideas. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you saw my last column as about Mount Rushmore, Mount Washington, mm-hmm. which, which four Steelers belong up there. So I went through the history of the franchise because of all the stuff I've been reading and all the research. I'm immersed in it. So I've got, I've got, I've got four or five books I have planned. Yeah. For the next four or five years, right? Right. And I, I don't want to go into any of them because that Jack Lambert thing still remains a work in progress. <laughs> so I don't want to say I have it, but that, have it and, I it. and I have, if he doesn't eventually agree, he's agreed that if he does write a book, I'll be his guy. Yeah. So You got that going for you. <laughs> and he said, how do you see this going down? And I said, "Do you ever see the movie Cobb? And he goes, oh yeah, with Tommy Lee Jones. I love that. And I said, well, I'd be Robert Whirl." And he goes, that's exactly how it would, could happen. <laughs> uh, if you, Robert Worrell was the biographer that wanted old crusty Ty Cobb to, to do interviews. And they would go, he would drive up his mansion, his windy road, and Cobb would always chase him out, throw stuff at him, threaten to kill him because the guy <laughs> asked the wrong question. And he came back and the final scene was in a blizzard, Cobb getting in his car and trying to chase, run him off the road and Robert Worrell escaped. And it was a true story. <laughs> So Lambert, Lambert like that. It does He likes the <laughs> fact that I'm willing yeah. to be killed. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this titillates him to a degree. So it could happen. And if it doesn't, I have a contingency plan for that. So I don't want to start announcing stuff. I get it. I get it.
3: And honestly, I, I do not envy you even trying to attempt to create a Steelers Mount Rushmore. I don't know how it's even possible with a, a franchise that's storied and only selecting the, that those few of players. And representing all the all the eras because there were greatness in every era and you read your draft book it goes back all the way back to the start of the uh the franchise and that would be a very very tough test i'll tell i'll I'll put it that way so i don't know and, and
2: it spawned uh some there were some people that were pissed off about some some you know i didn't have jack lambert in the top three tiers you know with mount washington you can have tiers. That's a beautiful right. mountain, and you go know, mm-hmm. ride up the incline and see all Absolutely. those faces. So you could have three tiers, but I didn't have Jack Lambert, and this is not helping me get his <laughs> look. <laughs> not putting him in the top three tiers and saying that Jack Ham was a better linebacker. Yeah, and I love Jack Lambert, and who wouldn't want that that grimace? But he has the toothless grimace with the helmet, looking down on Mount Washington, Washington. Yeah, uh, so. I left him out, and that, and I left Mel Blount out because I put oh Rob Woodson gosh. ahead of him in like I think the second tier. Yeah, and well, people, people don't like that. And I, had, I, I kind of said some things. I said I love Mel, but I think this changing the rules of the game for one player is a little overrating him. I mean, it would eventually stop cornerbacks from mugging cl- receivers all <laughs> over the field. That's right. just common sense. So. You know, I I just think Rod Woodson was too incredible of an athlete. And he was Cower's favorite. He Cower will always say he was the greatest athlete. And he'll try to put Troy up there, but you always you always get the you read between the lines and Cower really loved Rod Woodson. And then Tom Donahoe let him go. And they it wasn't Woodson's fault. Woodson tried to stay. Yeah. All
3: right, Jim, well, let's get to the uh, let's get to the, the meat and potatoes here of this podcast. And I wanted to get an insider's take on the differences between the 2022 Steelers and now this new group that is getting ready to forge their own identity. As you said, July twenty sixth when they report to training camp at St. Vincent College, before we get into specifics and talk about some position groups, especially those that have had a lot of turnover, I want to ask you just. In your opinion, what is the vibe of this team? Now you've only had OTAs and mini camp, but still you've been around these, this group—the new rookies, the guys that are now expected to have a, a larger leadership role. Uh, people like Kenny Pickett. What is the overall vibe of this team, and how does it contrast to last season?
2: I think the vibe is fantastic. How it contrasts is—it's—it's real. I mean, these people who are leading the vibe, like Cam Hayward and TJ yeah. Watt and Minka were just as special last year and just as smart and just as savvy leaders last year and provided that great of a vibe. But the underlying uh, holes, I mean, quarterback, you're going to a rookie or Trubisky. That's obvious. And you can't really, you can vibe all you want, but it doesn't mask some of the holes that you know you have on your team. The offensive line was totally refurbished last year. Yeah. And that. Now it's like, hey, you know, the offensive line learned some things, and then they they got two new guys that can start, brought in some depth. There's some serious depth now. The quarterback's in his second year, and he showed us some stuff last year. So the vibe is real now. There's real substance behind. And also they've added some people who, like uh, Siamalo, a great uh, addition to, to that vibe, a guy that doesn't say much, but uh, very, very uh, intelligent. If you, if you draw his wisdom out, he has it. Yeah. And that's what he's sharing with the other linemen. And I said to him, I said, shouldn't you be asking them for some of the line nuances on this is your first year? And he goes, well, it's all the same everywhere. It's just a difference of language. And I, I get the language. And so I've been able to help guys like James Daniels. You know, guys who've been there, the new guy is helping them. And he's so he's a real leader, a quiet type, special kind of Aaron Smith type, you know, that yeah. is not never gonna say anything, knows his role as field oxen and, and and just accepts it and and teaches from that. And so that's a great addition. And we don't know anything about the inside linebackers. And we keep putting faith in the Miles Jack, Joe, Joe Schobert, you know. One after another, you keep putting your faith in. So I don't know anybody's going to say we have inside linebackers this year. And they might, but they might not because we've right. seen this before. And right. you also wonder at that position, is it that important? You know, you like to think because it's 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 the defensive version of the running back where everybody says, don't draft one in the first round. You can get those guys everywhere. And it's funny because running backs and inside linebackers are the same athletes like Mark Robinson and Miles Jack proved, That's yeah. where they play both positions in, in high school and college. So um, there, there's deep down you can say, well, we could get away with a weakness there, but can you really, you know, James Ferrier brought two titles here. He was great, very underrated. Uh, and so, and we saw what Ryan Chazier was building. We saw the team fall apart in 2017 without him at the end against Jacksonville. So we know how it is important. We know that. But the rest of the league says you can get away with it. Okay, let's try again. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I, I, I still
3: call James Ferrier the greatest free agent acquisition in Steelers history. A lot of people will debate that, but that's where I'm sticking with. But uh, I, I want to ask about the acclamation of the rookie class. You know, this rookie class, I mean, you talk about being highly touted. And I don't think it's just with the Steelers fan base and with the, the local media. This is getting national attention for the value that they received at least in the first three rounds, if not even going to the seventh, when you're talking about Corey Trice jr. Who everyone that's there is saying this guy's going to contribute in some way, shape or form this year as a rookie, as a seventh round draft pick, how are they acclimating to life in the professional realm? Being with the new team, uh, especially, you know, the cornerbacks being with Patrick Peterson out there every exactly. day. So how is that acclimation process
2: going, at least from your perspective, watching practice? Well, that that was going to be the last bit of my um, vibe is uh, the acquisition of Patrick Peterson. Totally impresses me. I really like talking to this guy. This guy is going to be as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a go to guy after games because Minka doesn't talk. TJ, TJ will talk in a mob, but. The guy you want with the one-on-one at the locker, the, the yeah. smart guy, the, the the guy who can trust you, who's smart enough to trust you. And that's Patrick Peterson. And the way he's working with PZ Jr. and Corey Trice. But let's work on Joey Porter first, because he's gonna you're gonna need him earlier. Right. Um and it it couldn't be a better situation. Now Minka can be himself more. He's not He's not the gregarious type that Peterson is. He's not going to bring, call the rookie. You know, I think Minka will help a rookie out if he asks. But yeah. I think Minka is just, he's more, and I could be wrong, because he just, I don't know him well enough to really judge him. But he seems more quiet. Yeah. Uh, but great leader, nonetheless. And now that you add another leader, like Joe Hayden, same thing. So, Patrick Peterson can play and Levi Wallace. i really like, and I think they really like, and then you add Porter uh, jr. To be the third guy and Corey Trice is, you know, the most, the most highly anticipated seventh rounder since Brett Kiesel is what I like to call because Kiesel was, <laughs> yeah, he was a defensive end. that ran a four, nine at his combine and was six, five to 75. And so there was some excitement about Kiesel because he played at a major college too. So, There's excitement about Corey Trice. You remember that uh, Penn State Purdue game that was the kickoff game of college football? vaguely. I I remember it because I, I, you had to know Joey Porter would be in their draft thinking. Yeah. So let's watch Joey Porter in the opener. Who knew that on the other side (laughs) would be their (laughs) other new quarterback? (laughs) Yeah.
3: it's crazy. It, it, people say that you know Omar Khan got really aggressive in the NFL draft. I I think that boy did the board break their way in more ways than one. When you talk about like a Darnell Washington dropping all the way to the third round, people had him projected as a first round pick, and then they trade back to gain a fourth rounder, and he's still
2: there. I think at pick ninety two well, or ninety three. It's just incredible. I, I know, but the thing to remember is they did pass on him and trade it back. Yeah, they did. I mean, and then they're, oh, okay, well, he's still there. So, um, and people who called him a first rounder were more like the geeks like me who look at the <laughs> size and the speed and that one great catch he made at the combine yeah. and then the hurdle against Oregon. So, you're, and we geeked out. And right. maybe, maybe some of those were the guys that put him in the first round. But um, if you watch him, there's a lot of blocking going on, there's a lot of attitude and the great hands and drills, but he doesn't have yet a feel for the red zone. And they were really working him. And I asked the Alfredo Roberts the tight end coach about that. And he agreed quickly. And he said, not just the red zone, the end zone. He has to get a better feel for where he belongs because he can be such a weapon. as scoring, yeah. you know, yeah. so that's not there yet. And the, you know, Friar uh, uh, first year with Ben. Ben picked up on Friar Muth right away, and they developed. They started clicking in the spring with the – Ben could throw to either shoulder, whichever the cornerback wasn't on. And down the middle in in the end zone, they could do either side, and Friar Muth would catch the thing. And it was like Ben – you could see Ben getting so excited. And then it worked, and then they went into the uh, training camp, and it worked. Well, you could see Pickett starting to work, trying to work with that. The coaching staff is probably forcing it to get that same exact – because at 6'8", he's even more unstoppable than Fryermuth Yeah. if he'd catch the dang thing. <laughs> and it's, I'm, he doesn't have bad hands, but Friermuth was a natural. I'll go either way, and both he and the quarterback got on the same page right away. Well, that's not happening with Darnell Washington yet. It's still rookie spring, and yeah. and, and Pickett's not bad, but Pickett, Pickett's pretty accurate. Um, and the rest of the draft class – uh, yeah, um, uh, the guy who excites me is uh, Keanu Benton, and he didn't excite me during the season. I watched one game, and he got blown off the nose all day by Ohio State, and they want to put him at nose, and they know that he's not really a nose yet. But that's kind of where he's being placed. He's going to be a a four man front tackle that rushes the passer, and when you see him move, I I, I kept he repeatedly surprised me, and I'm like, who's that? A big man moving the way he did and with the fury and ferocity, uh, and it, oh, that's Benton. He is going to be a load on third down when if he doesn't have to, uh, you know, do the Casey Hampton stuff on third and one and get blown off. And we all say, you know, what's with this Benton? He's going to come in on third and eight as a tackle. And while they're worried about TJ and Cam and Highsmith, he's going to come up the middle and kill a few people. I mean, he is going to. He's going <laughs> to. I I, th- I thought of William Perry joining that carniv- carnivorous bear front. Buddy Ryan didn't want to play William Perry. And that's why Ditka started playing him on offense. Buddy Ryan will put him in on third down and he would just, you know, these scared quarterbacks from Richard Denton Hampton. So I liken Keanu Benton to William Refrigerator, even though the body type is not the same. But just that, that extra pass rush you're going to have from a big man, a big goon, so I'm more excited about Benton than I am Washington at this point. And, um, and Broderick Jones, I don't think, is going to start for a while. Just my opinion. I'm not – you know, training camp still and preseason games still loom. He has a lot of chance to do it. But I think they're grooming him to be the third tackle and go in at left tackle. And that's why they're giving Dan more time at right tackle. It Instead of giving Broderick Jones – right tackle reps and confusing a rookie, I like this. And they've they've confused a few rookies in the past, but I like this. You learn left tackle, son. You just work there, and we'll get Dan Moore to learn the right side. He'll have to deal with the problem because if Chukes goes down, Dan Moore moves over and, and Broderick Jones steps in. If Dan Moore goes down, Broderick Jones steps in. So he's in line as the number three. That's how I think the coaches are doing it. I could be wrong. Other reporters who've been there a while that I respect think that they're grooming Broderick Jones to start the opener at left tackle and I and and, the, and that they're grooming Dan Moore to be that two-sided swing guy as a reserve. I don't think that's going to happen, especially because those pass rushers in the first month are so extraordinary yeah. on that side. I don't think they're going to want – Broderick Jones and in the history of tackles with the Steelers, Leon Searcy didn't play a game over Tunchilken at right side. And he was the 11th pick. And uh, who was the other tackle? At one, number one, Jermaine Stevens. Right.
3: <laughs> it, they've had a lot of, they haven't had a lot of first round tackles though. I mean, in the, in the recent decades, I mean, most of the time they're, they're dabbling in the second round, whether it's Marcus Gilbert, Mike high, Adams. Yeah.
2: High, high second round. Marcus exactly. Gilbert. Um, yeah. Marvel Smith. Yep, Mike Adams um, and not all of them. And Marvell started at right tackle as a rookie and right. then moved to his natural left tackle position and became fantastic. Fantastic.
3: I'm glad you brought up Keanu Benton. I I've been thinking about this as we're getting ready for training camp. All these rookies are getting a ton of attention Trice and, and, peasy jr you have obviously broderick jones and you have darnell washington it's almost as if people forget that keanu benton was a second round draft pick yeah. i mean he, he was a second round pick like that's a really high designation for any player and only thing we heard was larry ogunjobi call him a the, the dancing bear i think is how he referred to him as uh when he was doing his media session and and I'm glad to hear that he is looking like he could have an actual role on this team. A lot of people are seeing him only as a nose tackle, in which case I see what you saw. It doesn't seem like he is that natural plug in the middle. He's going to be able to take up two every time. And that makes me think like, well, how versatile can this guy be? So it's good to hear that, that he's showing a little bit of versatility out there outside of just being your standard three, four nose tackle. Well, they, they,
2: they did uh, use um, um, Montrevious Adams. First team nose tackle every chance, and they have a veteran, uh, and, and Fajoco. Yep, from yep. San Diego, he's a real nose tackle, and they they think they got a steal there. So that's that's a guy I, I see them playing the, at least one of those. I I don't know if they can keep both of those and Benton. but one of those guys is going to be their nose tackle because you don't use your nose tackle that much anyway. Exactly. So why keep two of them? Yeah. So I don't play. know if Montrevius Adams is the guy on the bubble, but. Fahoko looks like a the third-and-one guy to me. Yeah. yeah. I want
3: to ask you about a couple. We're going to leave the rookies for a little bit unless it ties into the position. I want to ask you a little bit about a few positions that I'm kind of anxious. Not anxious. Maybe that's not the correct word. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they are going to do in terms of how they round out the depth chart and then also expectations for the players that are expected to have significant roles. Let's start with running back. I mean, you have Najee Harris. You have Jalen Warren. Those are proven commodities at this point but who's running back three? Like, that's the big question right now. Is it, is it Ant Mac? Is it Anthony McFarland? Is it Alfonso Graham? Is it someone like to be, to be determined? Are they going to go into the USFL ranks or or anything like that? What are your thoughts on the running back uh,
2: room right now? I keep seeing writers looking for Omar to answer his third running back question. And I don't see it happening because they have Anthony McFarland, just like they had Benny Snell on the last year of his rookie deal. And, We've put this much time into Benny Snell. Why, why cut him now at his highest value to us? He's, yeah. He knows everything. He he does everything fairly well. And then Benny Snell did step in and did his job. He had a, a, a really good game, I think, a, a start, at 80 yards, but something. It was in,
3: in Indianapolis, I believe.
2: Was it? that it? Yeah. So. He did. He came through, looked yeah. better than he ever did, and then they let him go. His contract was up. Now they have Anthony McFarland as that. And he's working really hard, and he's fast, and he can catch, and he knows everything. They can keep him on the practice squad and only keep two because of Connor Hayward. So when the numbers all start coming down, and you're like, "Man, I don't want to cut this fourth tight end. I I don't want to cut Zach Gentry. I don't want to cut our tenth lineman, offensive lineman, because um, whomever you know, they have so much depth now." And when they start, like you know, we can get away with two running backs. Put Anthony McFarland on practice squad and use Connor Hayward in an emergency. Tomlin, I asked Tomlin the first year, is 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 Connor Hayward a tailback? He said yes. So you you can see all that Connor Hayward does, and that's a, that's a guy that had a really good spring. Connor Hayward is really opening eyes as a real player, uh, different, unique. Doesn't have a position. I asked Alfredo Roberts, "What position does he play?" And he goes, "He plays football." (laughs) And he laughed. He goes, "I was ready for you, wasn't I?" That's good. And so Connor Hayward can be that emergency third back in game, and then if there is an injury, then next week they can activate McFarland. So I don't see this. um, What's Alfonso? uh, Everybody's Graham.
3: Alfonso Graham. Yeah, young. Yeah,
2: I don't. I, they're not going to keep him over Anthony McFarland. They they have too many years into Anthony McFarland and he's still working hard and he's still fast. And man, he made a great catch at the sideline, but keeping his toes in, he, he does some veteran stuff that you you can't ignore and That's they good. won't, they won't ignore him.
3: I also want to ask you about the wide receivers because when you think about it and if you're, if you're using a realistic lens here, I mean, you have the proven commodities. We're going to stick with that term for, Uh, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. And then after that, yeah, you trade for Allen Robinson. We've been hearing good things from him. I want to get your take on him. But then after that, I mean, what, what do you have? I mean, we don't know what Calvin Austin III is going to bring to this offense. He didn't play a snap last year of meaningful football, even in preseason. Um, Hakeem Butler, uh, Cody white. And I'm not sure where they're going to go here. What are your thoughts on the receivers? Heading into okay,
2: well, we got Deontay, Pickens, and I, I'm sorry to use the word we. I don't mean that as a team cheerleader type. I get it, yeah. But we, as Steeler watchers and yes fans to a degree, um, Pickens, Deontay, Allen Robinson he's uh, right. coming along in a Jericho Cotchery way. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, the um, – He's developing the chemistry of the slot receiver needs with the quarterback. He's doing that this year, which he couldn't do last year with uh, the injured uh, quarterback of the Rams. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was injured throughout most of the summer. And they didn't – and and Robinson knows how important that is. So he's here. He's working ahead of a uh, rehab himself. He's pushing himself to play with the screw in his foot. And um, I see a lot of chemistry brewing. I don't know how – Allen physically is going to get open, but Jericho Kotchery didn't have all his physical tools when he came to the Steelers and, and he caught like 60 balls one season. He became a very valuable slot receiver for the quarterback. And so I, I see Allen Robinson in that way. And I think he's, he understands what he needs to do with his quarterback because of last year's debacle with Stafford. So uh, I think he's coming along in all the right ways. Uh, so that's the third guy. And then the fourth guy is uh, Austin, who, man, I saw so many stories written about him. And I think, but did I, was I at lunch when he was making all these plays? Because I just didn't see it. <laughs> I love his attitude and I love talking to him. And I hope he makes it because he's very enthusiastic. And that's what reporters all want is enthusiasm from a guy. But he is small. He is small. And I remember being excited about Dre Archer after a spring in shorts. I just haven't seen that much from Calvin Austin. And and I know that um, he's fighting off a rehab. He's coming back, too. So he's being cautious. But he says he's 100% now. And I I just want to know, well, how come you're not making those plays? (laughs) 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 You're 100%. I'm I'm offering you an injury excuse here. But so I'm – and maybe I'm not seeing – because they did they did a lot of their key scrimmage work during the 20 minutes we were allowed to eat lunch. <laughs> and a <laughs> that's lot of, good timing. <laughs> I've begun intermittent fasting, so I don't eat until 12. So I'm pretty hungry. And I used to be able to blow off lunch and all you yeah, all you out of shape reporters, go get your lunch. I'm gonna watch <laughs> the real stuff. So maybe that's when Calvin Austin went off. that he I, I I tried to I tried to skip one day a week to, to not go to lunch anyway. Um, so I'm just hesitant on Calvin Austin. Who's the other fourth number four. Well, You
3: have like miles Boykin, Cody white, Hakeem Butler, Gunny, Ol- Gunner Olszewski. Like th- that kind of rounds out the options for the Steelers.
2: Yeah. Um, I, mean, I know they love what Cody white's doing. They love, he he's working hard and he looked good and he knows where to be at the right time. And, he, they like him. Miles Boykin, how can you not like the gunner work that yeah. he did last year? So there's a special teams guy. Uh, I think they've lost. I think Cam Sutton was a gunner, wasn't he? I mean, I think they've lost some but James Pierre
3: time. was typically the other gunner oh, opposite right. Miles, right. Miles they Boykin. They still have him.
2: Yeah. 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 But I thought Boykin was the better gunner. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So he's got that going for him, and he's a veteran, and he, he's a great guy to talk to. All those Notre Dame kids. Trust me, man. I don't, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. I am Irish Catholic from Chicago, but I just never was a Notre <laughs> Dame fan. I couldn't care less. But when Bettis came, someone I said, man, he's good. He's a nice guy. And they go, Well, he's from Notre Dame. Every Notre Dame kid has that kind of class. And so I started watching it. Travis Davis came, Malcolm Johnson came. I don't. They couldn't play, but they were great people. <laughs> they had class. Sucked uh, at
3: football, but they could talk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they and they were nice people. And that's. And yeah. I finally interviewed Miles Boykin for the first time this spring. And I'm like, wow. He went to Notre Dame. That makes sense. This guy's yeah. a great interview. Yeah, they have but class. Uh, 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 so anyway, um, so Miles Boykins one and, and um, Gunner. You know, if Gunner can get back his punt return capabilities. Um he has a chance. Um, And who else are we talking about? Keen Butler
3: is a name that a lot of people are curious about from the XFL. He
2: he seems very confused and I guess that's expected. So maybe see, maybe. here's the problem with the Keem Butler from my perspective. I see a guy with his size. who I thought Steelers should have drafted in the first round when he came out. I remember writing a column about that. It turns out Brock Purdy was his quarterback and that yeah. might've been the reason, but, um, uh, uh, King Butler got cut and then he'd go somewhere else and get cut and then he'd go to Canada and get cut. And like, so I have a preconceived notion that there's something wrong with this guy. So when I see him being confused and running a wrong route, Oh, he's stupid. You know, so I'm projecting preconceived notions on him that might not be true. Right. That's So point. I'm not high on him right now. I'm thinking there's a problem with this guy, and I don't know how he can beat out a Miles Boykin. But he had a good uh, what was it XFL, XFL season? XFL, yep. He had a good yeah. good season there, and so maybe it'll call click for him. What an athlete! He's big and he can run. You know so that 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 can all come out in camp, and and look, they cut Anthony Miller, and we all know that he's quality. He's a quality number five, even maybe number four. He has had his day as a starter for the bears and uh, they cut him before Akeem Butler. So I think that says a little bit positive about Akeem Butler. You brought
3: up being athletes, athleticism and the the answer you gave when you spoke to Alfredo Roberts about Connor Hayward and how you said, what does he play? And he said, football, it brings up a question. I believe I would bet my house. You asked this to Mike Tomlin last year. It is, I think end of season press conference about, do you see a time when it's like positionless football? Yeah. Do you see the Steelers? And this is the last question I have for you before I let you go. Do you see the Steelers kind of merging and morphing into this where like, let's just get as much athleticism as we can on the field, both on offense and defense, and we'll find a place for them. Do you see them kind of targeting those type of players? Or is it just sporadic here or there when you're talking about your Connor Haywards and people like that?
2: You know, he shot me down on that. He said, He said it's a good conversation that we'll have. So I'm still expecting that conversation. (laughs) And he did that, was his nice way of saying that's a decent question, but I totally disagree with it. He thought it's more specific. We Mm. need a coverage linebacker for our dime. Right. That means a bigger safety. So that's a very specific need. And that's what he went into. We need we have more specific needs, and it look makes it look like positionless ball because you got safeties and all. So I think it's the same thing. I think we're both saying the same thing. You know, look at the 85 Bears. Is that a William Perry, just a big man to come up the middle and flatten a quarterback after your big plans? <laughs> a scared quarterback running for his life off the middle runs into 400 pounds. Yeah, That's with Keanu Benton. And so, yes, that's positionless ball, just adding another athlete. I don't – It the Bears never looked like they were orchestrated – by a coach. It just looked like eight angry men were coming <laughs> and all yeah. of them had talent like Joe green, you know, And so uh, whereas the '70 Steelers had, they're going to get there with four and they could cause of Joe green. Right. And uh, then the linebackers could clean up and, and they were, they looked like they were coached and had great schematics, but I guess if you can make it look like you're not coached, that's the ultimate. And it looks like just a mass of angry men coming at you. Uh, so I think with Keanu Benton, there's there's a lot of that and these big corners and all the safeties they have and the three safety looks that they have. Keanu Neal is going to be part of that inside linebacker solution. You know, people are like, I don't, this guy can't cover. I'm like, well, Keanu Neal, I think, you know, he played weak side linebacker for the Cowboys and he is a safety. And he's going to come into that three safety package that they love And he's gonna be a key linebacker. And I think he's gonna be a better Marcus Allen. Well, yeah, I hope so. (laughs) I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's part of the inside linebacker solution. Yeah. So they gotta have something
3: something planted inside linebacker. I keep on telling myself this that there's no way that Omar Khan and Andy Weedle in the front office might tell them are just gonna sit on their hands and say, let's hope for the best. I think they have a plan, just don't know what it is
2: yet. No, I I think you know, because the Cole, um, what's his last name? Cole. Holcomb. 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 Cole Holcomb is this, the brainy guy, and he he's already he meets with uh, Patrick Peterson and Minka and they. T- and I asked him, "Why do you always talk to those?" It looks like impassioned conversations, and he says, "We've got to get the back seven, and that's my responsibility. I have to know what they're all doing. If we don't communicate, and so he's already begun all that, even though he's not practicing." And so this guy has to play a lot in training camp. And if they were to bring in another guy, that's just going to muddy the the waters. I think they've got him. They've got Roberts, who's the run stuffer. He's a pro. Uh, I'm sure uh, the uh, the coach who had him in New England, Brian, um, the Flores. guy they, they had, the Miami Dolphins fired coach. Flores, Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Yeah, see, see, I'm not even 70 yet. but brian flores i have no doubt put the the, you got to get roberts to talman as his departing gift because i had him in new england then i had him in miami and i like him he's a guy so there's two guys that they're planning on and now they have um i think herbig is a natural the fourth round pick Mm -hmm. nick herbig who's an outside linebacker and produced but he's built like an inside linebacker. He could be the eventual answer. And uh, then they picked up <coughs> another pro, uh, Nick Kwiatkowski. Am I pronouncing yeah. that right? I have no clue. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> so I think they—they, they, I think he was their their solution. I know there are guys available, but someone like was Deion Jones available still? Jeez, he's going to come expecting to, to vie for a starting job, and they uh, they want Holcomb to get these reps. He's their guy, yeah. unless and unless they blew that, and you see in the first preseason game, wow, he's not the guy. Let's get someone else. I don't think that's going to happen. I think well, he's, I so he's so serious. He's he really impressed me. But then again, Miles Jack impressed me, and and Joe um, Showbert, guy from Cleveland,
3: Joe Schobert. They got him from
2: See, give me a couple of weeks off, and my mind just goes, <laughs> man. I better get back in shape before camp starts. There you go. So, so anyway, yeah. that's how that's where I, I am with uh, all of those answers. There you go. If you have any more? I'm- no,
3: Jim, we're good, man. I, I I really appreciate your time. I know that you're on vacation. I was glad that you could join us. Uh, why don't you tell everyone, our listeners, where they can find you? Not only on social media, but plug your website. Uh, and maybe any other projects that you have going out there outside of your Palomalu book and uh, your draft book, which was an excellent read. I absolutely loved it. So Uh, Thank you, Jeff.
2: I I really liked that too. And I want to do more books in that style of telling stories. And I I thought it was like people love notes columns, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to see the attention span, but it's one story after another quick hitters. Well, these were just bigger notes. So it was like a notes column book. And so that's what I'm striving for with a couple of the books I have planned. Uh, So I appreciate that. And those books can be had found at jimwexel.com. The Polamalo books coming out in paperback, Triumph Publishing bought the rights to the paperback and they're putting it out. And I have to take my hardcover Polamalo books off Amazon in a couple of weeks. So you can get that stuff at jimwexel.com and I autograph it. You can send me a note. There's a place to contact me on my jimwexel.com. Site and my my website steelcityinsider.net It's part of the CBS two four seven Sports Network. We we I think we do a great job, but I'm a terrible marketer, so you don't hear about us. I, I don't. I like to write a great story and think this will speak for itself. It you know it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. So I have to learn better marketing. So. I would ask you to sign up for that. You know, there are, there are specials uh, you can get a dollar a month for a while. And, you know, uh, but I, I do believe you have to pay for coverage or it goes away. Yeah. And, um, and this, we're a local, we, we've got local guys working. I pay writers. I've got Craig Wolfley. I've got a great film breaker, uh, breaker downer, and uh, I've got other columnists and we work hard and I pay them out I, I think it just should satisfy you as a consumer of information to pay for at least one website. Yeah. That's, that's my, opinion. I even would, though highly, Washington I, post is having a hell of a hard time getting my subscription back. It's <laughs> down to $29 a year. And I'm like tempting, but I'm trying to get away from news. You know, I get it. I totally <laughs> understand that. <laughs> so so. I at least do a Steeler website. If it's not mine, one of the others.
3: Yeah. I would recommend Jim's for sure. And we've had Roy Countryman on the, on my podcast Roy, several times. Yes. He contributes for you. Yeah, so I like that. Roy's a good draft reporter. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a, you get a taste of quality. And not only Jim, I think he's the best in the business. So, Jim, thank you very much for your Thanks, time. Jeff. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to your coverage of training camp in a couple
2: weeks. Take it easy. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Take uh, care, man. You too.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
3: All right, Steeler fans, I hope you enjoyed that Monday morning conversation as much as I did. Make sure you're on the lookout on Tuesday for that mailbag tweet. I'm going to have it out there. You're going to have to respond. I'm sure you have a lot of questions possibly about, you know, the direction of where things are going to go with Fans First Sports Network. I'm excited for this. This is a new venture. It's is new for me. It's my new job. Yeah, that's right. It's my new job. So uh, make sure you're on the lookout for all that. And also, don't forget, check out my Twitter feed for those Ride or Die Crew t-shirts. You don't want to miss those. Um, I want to do a contest, have people take pictures of wherever they go with their Ride or Die Crew t-shirts. Should be awesome. I'm excited. I'm going to buy one for my whole family probably. So, uh, hey, you know how we finished it out. It's on the back of the shirt, right? Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go Steelers.